Top Stories of the Week Australians Hunting Rats Djokovic Sick of Room Service And Boris Johnson Loves to Party This is News Weekly and I'm ready for 2023 now, please. I'm Sammy Shah and welcome to News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Let's all join Hillsong News now. At this point, if you don't have Omicron, there might be something wrong with you. It's more common than a trapper keeper was in the 80s, flannel in the 90s and government surveillance overreach in the early 2000s. The COVID variant is ripping through every state in Australia, except WA, because let's be honest, everything always gets to WA late. By the time they get Omicron, we'll be two variants past it. The numbers for Omicron could be higher still, but a lot of people are unable to get tested due to the lack of rapid antigen tests, or RATs. Australia is facing a critical shortage of rapid antigen tests as waiting times blow out at PCR testing clinics. The other thing that's blown out is reporters making rodent puns. Last year started with a mouse plague in the bush. Now a rat shortage in the regions and big cities looms as far more serious. Calm down, Seinfeld. Stick to the story. Scalpers charging those prices are real pirates? P- pirates? P- pi- get it? Pi- pirates? Pirates? There's even stories of people getting into fights over the rat tests using karate. 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 The health services are really rattled. Okay, sorry, I'm, I'm going to stop now. No more cheesy jokes. Okay, as far as the government's concerned, you know what? You probably won't even hear a squeak from them. I'm not even sorry, actually. Take that. Whatever. This is 2022. I do things my way now. The shortage is sending prices soaring. If you're lucky enough to find one, it can cost you up to $30 for a single test. Here's Health Minister Greg Hunt giving an intro to economics lesson. Unlike masks... Uh and, uh, and gowns and other critical equipment back in February and March of last year, there was both a uh, demand increase, but there was a supply decrease. Here we're seeing a demand increase and a supply increase in parallel. The problem is, as any economics professor will tell you, when demand and supply increase simultaneously, the result is unpredictable. And if you don't believe me, here's a Harvard University economics professor explaining just that. But in this case for economics, what happens to price if both demand and supply increase? The answer is it depends or we don't know without more information. Okay, so we need more information. Let's see if the Prime Minister has more information then. We've invested hundreds of billions of dollars getting Australia through this crisis. Uh, But we're now in a stage of the pandemic where you can't just make everything free because when someone tells you they want to make something free, someone's always going to pay for it and it's going to be you. Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce agrees. Mr Joyce says nothing is free. Says taxpayers will eventually pick up the tab and that money doesn't fall out of the air. Barnaby Joyce is, of course, right. Nothing is free. Unless you're talking about that time he spent $675,000 for three weeks as a drought envoy, where his entire output was apparently sending the Prime Minister text messages. That time, nothing wasn't free because we paid for that nothing. 
Look, it's easy to blame the federal government for the shortfall in rapid antigen tests. After all, last year we had a shortage of vaccines because they ignored early warnings of an impending shortfall. Luckily, they learned their lesson. 10 News First has proof that Scott Morrison was warned of a potential crisis in our supply chains as far back as last October. And it wasn't just once. The Transport Workers Union twice wrote to the Prime Minister warning of potential catastrophe. The response was a letter back from a Scott Morrison staffer telling them not to worry. Now, just as the union predicted, the shelves are empty and it's a mission for most people to even get a single rapid test. Well, at least if you've got a shortage, then the same will hold true for the politicians as well, right? Right? But state MPs are getting them special issue. This from the Parliament. We are arranging 20 rapid antigen test kits to be sent to each electorate office this week for use by members and staff. By the way, that's the New South Wales Parliament that the news story is talking about. You know, the same state Barnaby Joyce is from and Scott Morrison. How many um, rapid tests have you personally paid for? Um, well, I have to check with Jen because she, um, she's the one that goes and, and gets them. And when they've been used for private use, um, then you know, Jen's popped around to the chemist or wherever she's gone. I think recently she went to one here in Canberra. Um, for that reason, was able to eventually find one, just like everyone else driving around looking to find one. So every Australian's plan for acquiring rapid antigen tests is now just following the Prime Minister's wife when she does a grocery run. In a press conference on Thursday, the Prime Minister stressed his frustration at a new phenomenon called COVID parties. The Prime Minister sort of like an idiot to the old chicken pox parties from back in the day. If one of your mates had chicken pox and you were very young, you'd all go around and get it out of the way. All this nonsense about COVID parties, it's ridiculous. OK, reinfection can occur with Omicron. And so if you think... You can go out there, get the virus and get it over with. That's not how it works. That's not how the virus is writing the rules. So COVID parties are not on. Hillsong youth festival parties with young Hillsongers dancing and singing along to live music, however? Apparently that's definitely on. Revelers at a youth camp from the Prime Minister's church ignored the New South Wales rules against music festivals and rocked out hard. Turn down the footage showed hundreds of young people listening to music from 2013, which is still a lot more contemporary than I thought a Christian summer camp would get. The Hillsong website details its COVID preparation for camp, saying, quote, This year we will ask everyone in attendance at our camps to undertake a rapid antigen COVID test that will be provided at each departure location. So that's good to know that they have access to the tests in large supplies. Maybe that's where Jenny gets them from. I finally care about tennis news now. It's the biggest controversy in tennis since that time Andre Agassi lost his hair. There's never been a lead-up to the Australian Open quite like this. As Novak Djokovic practised on court this afternoon, his future at the tournament remained unclear. But just over an hour later, he was included in the draw as the number one seed meaning at least for now he'll be on court next week to defend his Australian Open title. That's unless the Federal Immigration Minister Alex Hawke uses his special powers to cancel Djokovic's visa for a second time. This is what, in technical terms, is called a complete shitshow. 
A timeline of events is basically Djokovic refusing to say whether or not he's vaccinated, saying he tested positive and isolated several weeks ago, except photos emerge showing him definitely not isolating. Then he gets permission to come to Australia because apparently the Australian Open has visa rules for its players that are very different from the visa rules my parents are under when they want to try visiting their only granddaughter. Then the government realizes Djokovic never should have gotten the visa they approved him for and cancels it. Then Djokovic refuses to leave and launches legal action while the immigration minister confirms they cancelled the visa, then his father has a press conference that is equal parts awesome and batshit crazy. He's not in detention, he's in prison. They took all of his stuff, even his wallet. They left him with just a phone and no change of clothes. Shame on them. The whole free world together with Serbia should rise. This isn't a battle for Serbia and Novak. It's a battle for seven or something billion people. We are all Djokovic now. He is the messiah who will lift us out of our squalor. Rise up against his cruel detention, which, by the way, some refugees from Afghanistan have been subjected to for several years now. Free them all! Free them all! Free them all! Melbourne's Park Hotel which has been used for years to detain refugees and asylum seekers, gained a reluctant new guest last week, tennis star Novak Djokovic. It turns out the only way Australian media pays attention to asylum seekers and refugees indefinitely detained is if their neighbour turns out to be good at hitting a ball. The Prime Minister, to his credit, has been adamant on sticking to the rules. On the issue of Mr Djokovic, um, rules are rules. And there are no special cases. Rules are rules. It's what I said to you yesterday. Uh, that's the policy of the government and has been our government's strong border protection policies and particularly in relation to the pandemic. So there you have it. Rules are rules. No exceptions. Except for that time we let Rebel Wilson into the country while thousands of other Australian citizens weren't allowed back. Oh, and let in Natalie Portman and Matt Damon, and Ed Sheeran. In fact, 113 private jets touched down in Australia while our borders were closed between 2020 and 2021. Okay, but that's people entering the country. At least we were strict about no one leaving during the height of the pandemic. Except Tony Abbott, we let him travel to the UK for work. So it turns out, rules are rules, especially when you need to distract from how monumentally you fucked up ordering enough rapid antigen tests and think punishing an anti-vaxxer celebrity will help you in the polls. But then you manage to fuck that up too. In that case, rules are rules until it's easier to make rules not rules. Either way, those asylum seekers better learn a sport. It's the only way we'll give a shit about them, apparently. At least it wasn't a Hillsong party news now. Any despair you might be feeling over the Australian Prime Minister can be helped by comparing him to his British counterpart, who manages to be even more incompetent, with a bad haircut topping it off. It turns out partying like it's 1999 in 2020 was a bad idea, and he's still apologising for it. Mr Speaker, I want to apologise. I know that millions of people across this country have made extraordinary sacrifices over the last 18 months. I know the anguish that they have been through, unable to mourn their relatives, unable to live their lives as they want or to do the things they love. And I know the rage they feel with me 
and with the government I lead when they think that in Downing Street itself the rules are not being properly followed by the people who make the rules. And though I cannot anticipate the conclusions of the current inquiry, I have learned enough to know that there were things we simply did not get right. So what were those things he simply didn't get right? You know, other than that time he lied about sending 350 million pounds a week to the EU. We can take back control of 350 million pounds. About 350 million pounds a week. Cold, hard cash. We sent 350 yes. million to Europe. We don't, and we you do. know we don't. No, we don't. We do. You know we, we do. don't. No, no, no. Admit do. that that figure no. is grotesquely misleading no. at best. I won't. I won't. I no, won't. the apology this time is for 10 Downing Street basically having more parties than a Soho nightclub. On the 20th of May 2020, Downing Street staff were invited to socially distanced drinks in the garden of number 10. Bring your own booze, said an email from a senior official. The event's one of several in 2020 being investigated. On the 15th of May, the Prime Minister and staff were pictured with wine and cheese in the Downing Street Garden. Boris Johnson said they were working at the time. Months later, on the 15th of December, when social mixing was banned indoors, a Christmas quiz was held for Number 10 staff, with a photo showing Boris Johnson taking part. And on the 18th of December, claims of a party inside Downing Street, which the Prime Minister's then press secretary was later seen joking about in a mock news briefing. You have to admit though, as apologies go, things we simply did not get right is peak British understatement. Other things the British simply did not get right was the Second Boer War of 1899, the colonisation of India and parts of Africa, and their general approach to most food. Things the British did get right, in case you're wondering, are the BBC, Stephen Fry, Vinegar on Chips, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and Monster Munch. That's it for this week's edition of Newsweekly. Welcome back to the show and to our first episode of 2022. Here's to many, many more. As always, you can, of course, support the show on my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Shah, S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H. Any money you send my way really helps a lot. Preparing this show actually takes a whole day and a half, sometimes up to two days, which is a lot of time for such a short show, I realize. But I do a lot of research, fact-checking, audio gathering, audio editing, and production work all by myself. This is a one-man show, and your patronage goes a very long way towards paying the bills. Thank you so much. I will see you right back here next week on News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Mr. Speaker, I want to apologise. I know that millions of people across this country have made extraordinary sacrifices over the last 18 months. I know the anguish that they have been through, unable to mourn their relatives, unable to live their lives as they want, 
or to do the things they love. And I know the rage they feel with me and with the government I lead when they think that in Downing Street itself the rules are not being properly followed by the people who make the rules. And though I cannot anticipate the conclusions of the current inquiry, I have learned enough to know that there were things we simply did not get right. And I must take responsibility.